I have a vision of life, and I try to find equivalents for it in the form of photographs. All photographs are accurate. None of them is the truth. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. And this is episode 176 for the end of January 2023. And uh, yeah, we've 176. It's a lot of shows. That's a lot of shows. I've been on a few of them, I think. You've been Uh, on a few. Yeah, you know, I was going back through the back catalog because uh, the friend of our friend of the show from the uh, um, uh, Shutter Time podcast, Sid, Mm -hmm. she, she reached out to me and said, you know, I'm trying to find your back catalog uh on itunes and it only goes back till i can't remember i was like oh really and so i it was only like 40 episodes or something like that i was like wait we've done hundreds and so i went and looked at the rss feeds yeah and for some reason i had written down instead of you know having an rss feed of you know 200 or 300 yeah i had a 40 and so that's not enough it's not enough and so i changed it and all of a sudden itunes you know within a certain amount of time kicked in our entire back catalog showed up and um and suddenly we got a lot of people downloading <laughs> wow uh, yeah you yes. were showing me a graph we got a little uh, devil's tower wyoming thing we got a huge on. double tower. it was incredible yeah. i don't know <laughs> if like it means that everybody who's been listening to shows suddenly getting our entire back catalog and i'm sorry about that <laughs> but you should only have new shows on your Anyway, you should only have that set up. So anyway, if there's new people listening, welcome to the show. If it's all the people who've been listening to the show now have our entire back catalog, I'm sorry, but there's a lot of good stuff back there. Yeah, I think it ages pretty well. Yeah, and I was looking for when you, I couldn't remember when you first started. uh, Mark and I were invited maybe for the book. Was that it? No, maybe. I think it might have been before that. Before that, might have been. Oh. Anyway, we've we've been uh, we've been talking for a while. So yeah. Anyway, that's uh, nobody wants to hear that. No, I want to hear it. We all want to hear it. (laughs) It's your show. You can do what you want. It's it's my show. Yeah. It's my show. Anyway, how are you? I'm doing well. A little punch drunk from work this week, but um, yeah here just ready on sunday night to just you know knock this one out knock this one. <laughs> i'm i'm thinking about when uh when you can uh, come and visit again um and we can have another photo walk because i haven't had that energy neither uh, have i i need to be in new york to have that energy yeah but even like so. that it's just like you know it was something i usually don't photo walk with anybody you know, because I'm always doing my own thing. But the fact when you were in town, the sort of the whole purpose was to go and do photography. And mm-hmm. so uh, it was like a week of photography. And, and I really haven't given myself that opportunity to do that again, to like have an entire mm-hmm. week of photography. Because, uh, you know, practical stuff kicks in and, and all yeah. that stuff. But I could yeah. certainly like do that. And I know, um, you know, the weather actually here is sorry to say, but it's actually been not so bad. You know, it's, mm. it's actually mild, but gotten a little bit milder. And, you know, it's just about hopping on the train and going into the city and like, you yeah, know, being being the hunter, you know, uh, and, and hunting pictures. So anyways, like the, you, when you were here, I was like, oh, that's a really good. I didn't realize it was a good excuse to go out and 
mm-hmm. hunt for photography. So anyway, it's um, though how to figure out to do that on our own. So uh, I just wanted to rehash a little bit just for a second. It was great to have um, uh, Sean Tucker on the show mm. last episode. I was really, really honored to be talking to him. Um, and yeah. uh, I actually finished his book. I didn't realize I didn't realize his book. He's, his book has been out for a year. The the meaning in the making. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually bought the book as a PDF. Um, but then I also uh, I started reading it. But then because I'm so used to hearing him, you know, through his YouTube channel, right? I decided to buy his audio version too, so I could hear him because mm-hmm. he he narrates the audio version. And it really, I found it really. Um, effective and um, affecting me affecting and effective uh, mm. simultaneously um, so I even reached out to him I told I sent up an email to say how much that uh, for me in this time period that his, how his book is really sort of um, I don't know it's like sinking in I need to I want to read it again mm-hmm. uh, and so I uh, you know this is a, a shout out that I think that uh, um, everybody should uh, pick up his book uh, if you're really looking to get inspired Inspired and and I'm gonna say it's not only inspirational, um, but it really speaks to the creative process and uh, uh, and especially coming from him because he's so uh, open and um, vulnerable even on you know on his YouTube channel and he's the same in in this book. Um, so uh, anyway, I wanted to recommend it, but it was great it was great having him on last yeah. Week. Yeah, it really was. I was pretty quiet during that. I was thinking, <laughs> you guys are talking about all these huge philosophies of of life and i'm like so i found it pretty chilly outside today and, uh, <laughs> yeah <you> know, <laughs> so i just asked my asked my couple of questions and yeah but, you, uh, it was pretty you, good you got a couple in there too. it was good yeah. but it was it was good i like to have it's funny because i'd like to have i'd like to have him and like uh a couple of other people like as a panel but i wouldn't know what to talk about yet so anyway mm. Rick, keep that in mind it was uh it was great, you know. It was great to have him on. I, you know, I um, what did I say? I think at some point I just sort of uh, little, got a little starstruck. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but you know, he's he's humble and he's just a guy, just like you know we are. And I thought, you know, that that we could have that kind of conversation. We could reach out to him and yeah, and talk to him. So anyway, um, but yeah, you know, oh, so going back through our back catalog of of shows, um, I did notice that the sh- um the shows that the couple shows that we did about why right we did one mm-hmm. on why black and white and why color mm-hmm. and, and those got a lot of response uh to it and you know we talk about this show this podcast that we're doing is not about the how to do things right. in photography but the why yeah you know and so i thought maybe we could continue that as a series like the why yeah. of something sounds yeah. good to me yeah, and um, I think I th- didn't we do? Yeah, we did one actually. We did one called the Wise Guys, right? Didn't we just do that? That's right. Yeah, we did a kind guys. of. It was supposed to be rapid fire, and we ended up only ended up doing two or three for each other, and right. it was just every every conversation was twenty minutes. Yeah, that's like, true. Okay. Yeah, I'm not going to call this one Wise Guys. Sorry, my, my titles on the shows, I'm, you know, a little punny. Um, yeah, that's kind of fun. Anyway, but. Uh, so to to continue this, so I thought we would do another why episode today, and what what sort of inspired me, a couple things. Uh, one was um, this conversation that we had on our unusual uh, collective uh, uh, Discord server, 
uh, with uh, Dave Swiduck, our brother in light. Mm -hmm. um, and another was from a class that I had, you know, I'm teaching street photography uh, at uh, Brick and you know, students coming in and we, you know, like in the street photography class, it's really about street photography, but people are, are talking about uh, even actually I do wait I do street photography and I do like an intro to, intro to digital photography class too and mm -hmm. because I've got such little time to do the classes I, I leave things like processing to the end because that could be a whole class unto itself right. uh, and in fact it ought to be and, and there's so many different levels people are at when it comes to learning or understanding post-processing right right and so um, what I wanted to do was maybe ask the question why post-process our pictures um why do we do that why should we do it why shouldn't we do it i mean why post-process okay. and um you know and, and again i'm sort of hunting this question down myself a little bit too because i've over the years have moved from doing a lot of post-processing to doing as little as possible right but in a sense that's not true right so uh, when we were first of all, when we were talking with Dave on uh, on our uh, server, uh, we were talking about film simulations. Now, so as a caveat to people, we're going to probably be talking a little bit about Fuji film cameras here. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, no disrespect to other brands, but um, we're all food, most of us are Fuji owners in in this uh, <clears throat> in our unusual collective, and uh, and Fuji film cameras have film simulations in them so this is what sort of sparked the idea about post-processing because right because uh film simulations in, are in a sense post-processing your images on on the camera or maybe even pre-processing I don't, I don't know what you want to actually uh, term them as um and i wanted to sort of play this out a little bit with you um because you and i sort of are taking a different approach yeah to we do our photography uh and i think that comes from frankly i think it's coming from our backgrounds a lot uh, yeah i think i would agree yeah um go ahead yeah. oh no i was just thinking uh and and you had brought it up too and i was, I was thinking about it around the exact same time that you entered it in the chat and that was that you did a lot of your work and all of your your stock stuff and all of that on the slide film and so right and it's you got to nail it at the moment because there's nothing you can do it's cast in stone or emulsion whatever you want to call it celluloid celluloid, uh, celluloid. acetate acetate yeah um where i came from the black and white darkroom which was do the best you can at the moment and then um you know do all your most or do most of your magic in terms of image quality in the dark room right right and and i think i think you nailed it i think that's exactly uh, that's exactly the case um well you know i wonder if that's why one of the reasons why i fell in love with the fuji system to begin with it, and, and and i think that just ties into <clears throat> excuse me ties into where i am in my life now too Mm -hmm. uh, and and the the sort of the um, trajectory I've had, like you said, you know, I, I came from commercial photography background, uh, and you know, I'm used to shooting color and being, you know, color slides and being finished with the with the um, the picture once I'm shot, once I shot it, and 
And then, you know, during the years, once, you know, we started getting into digital and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Nikon cool scan, which I still have, by the way. Um, mm -hmm. Wait, what? actually, no, I got rid of it. <laughs> I got rid of my cool scan. I had a Nikon cool scan 4000. And once I had that, then I started entering this age of, you know, quote unquote, post-production. Uh, rather than just leaving the slide as it was, I was using the slide as sort of the beginning of something, scanning it and then doing some Photoshop stuff and doing a lot of work to it. And and then, you know, outputting it, however, well, that was actually, I don't want to get into that story. <laughs> yeah. That was not easy to output. But, uh, and then, you know, waiting for digital and, and happy to get rid of film because film is a pain in the butt to scan and mm -hmm. dust and crap and digital avoids all that stuff you know and then right. coming back and then these guys fuji decides to come out with cameras that are going to simulate their film stocks and i was a, i was an avid user of i mean i i used films based on the subject matter that i would be shooting right so you know if i was doing travel photography uh when i would go away um, I would often stock up on Velvia film. Uh, right. I think Velvia was great for, for travel stuff, especially because it really added this punchy color and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, some other things I would shoot Kodachrome for or tungsten Kodachrome, actually Kodachrome tungsten film was Kodachrome 60, was it a 64 speed? Sorry, I'm getting, you know, so this is the squirrel moment. Uh, yeah. Kodachrome tungsten, I think was 64 or 80. It's okay. one of the two. Anyway, I shot Ektachrome 160T was my tungsten film. That was a, that was a film. tungsten film, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, you pick the films based on the subjects that you were going to shoot, or like how they would mm -hmm. filter. You know, the sunset would filter really nice with Kodachrome. If you put a magenta filter on it, it would be really that was really kind of a cool thing. Anyway, Fuji comes along. They're doing this thing with their film stocks, and and I'm like, I'm digging that. You know, I'm, I'm already mm -hmm. like, I love film stocks, and so. Um, Maybe it wasn't so much the retro, although the retro looked, you know, sort of the eye candy part of the cameras, but the in, in internal workings. Um, and then I realized, you know, when we were talking to Dave, that that's sort of a pre-production kind of thing. It's like mm -hmm. I'm going out, setting my camera up into a certain film simulation based on what I think I want to shoot in the world. Uh, today is an overcast day, so I want, you know, a film simulation that might warm things up. Mm -hmm. And... And then when I'm done, I've got a JPEG, you know, spinning a JPEG out of the camera, and I might tweak it a little bit, you know, uh, in Lightroom, but nothing major. It's like not a lot of color uh, variations, and, and I'm and I'm kind of done. Like I've yeah. gone from really digging and working and in, in post production and Photoshop and stuff like that to really just saying like I'm done with that. You mm -hmm. know, I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of finished, and so I want to actually spit out an image that's that's finished and polished, and that goes that's kind of like what slides were you were you were kind right. of done you on the other hand me on the and, other and this hand. is funny because we're doing you know we're also talking about color and black and white here right because you're doing mostly black and white in that's this right. department so but you know no, for, you yeah ahead. for me it was um uh the the you know you would in your commercial work there was a lot of setting up the subject all of that if you, you know you did some studio stuff you did some still life all of that stuff requires a lot of energy at the front end um, in order to get it to your slide and then process the slide and that's that. Um, 
I was not like that. I would just go out and shoot and, or do a short term. I mean, I would do a wedding or whatever. And that was, uh, that was on color negative film. Um, but I shot very few slides, but the, the workflow that I got into when I was shooting the black and white was, you know, I'd have a hand meter. Sometimes I'd have a hand meter. Most often I would just shoot, you know, with the, um, center weighted meter that we had in the cameras in those days and do your best to meter and, and shoot. And if negatives maybe were a little bit thin or a little bit dense, you could compensate for that. Um, when you were printing and uh, changing the contrast in order to meet your whatever your intention was, and uh, I, I mean, I go back to my uh, my metaphor about the image on the negative or in the raw file that shows up in in Lightroom as being the clay, the the raw clay mm -hmm. that you're using to create the final image. So that's been my that's been my kind of philosophy. Um, yeah, if I had, I'm, I'm sure if I had started or you know used more slide film young when i was younger i probably would have had more discipline on this particularly on the exposure side than i currently have <laughs> you'd have to it's with just, slides yeah yeah exactly there's, and yeah, i was pretty good i was pretty good i mean you were talking about you know shooting different subjects i mean i shot uh kodachrome 25 at the zoo at the fl the flower arrangements at the zoo and my goodness that is something else those those <laughs> slides are like stained glass they are beautiful so i mean i i understand the appeal of it for sure but you know being a kid and and not being able to afford you know slide film every you know every weekend um, it was just better to stay with the black and white and, and, and embrace that and the process around it. Um, also too, um, uh, you know, I don't know if we want to get into this now, but, um, what digital gets me that the dark room doesn't, um, you know, in terms of, uh, dynamic range and so on. Mm -hmm. And I can produce a product that was, I mean, practically not possible with film i guess is the way i want to say it in fact on my tagline on my social media i say i'm a digital photographer so i don't need i don't need the final product to look like an analog image and that's another mm. i think mm. and i was thinking about that this afternoon about you know there, there was a t i guess maybe a year or so ago i found the recipe um for kodachrome for my cam one of my cameras and so mm -hmm. i keyed it all in created a you know s saved the settings for it and shot around it was interesting you know the reds were kind of that kind of deep yeah you yeah. know that deep red yeah. and the blues were kind of under under saturated and a little dark I was like, wow, this kind of feels like slide film. And I went around and I shot for a day and it was cool. I posted this and I got, I think I got good reactions from you. And, and, um, and then I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> really? I didn't, I didn't have a, I didn't have a place to put it. I didn't have a, I can use this to expand my experience of photography. It was like, I proved I could do it, but I don't need it right now. If I want, if, if I sh shoot something and it needs to be color, like we talk about that, uh, Manhattan picture of that young couple, there's that golden Brown, you know, image that I got that there was just crying to be in color. So I created it, but or I, I, pro I did the post was all in color, but 
there was no tweaking. There was no color adjustments or anything, what I might do. Mm-hmm. It just happened to work. And in that way, it kind of fell into the slide film model and then I got it. But that's not, that's not typical. Um, I, I just don't, uh, I just want to get in there, have the raw file to deal with. And I would say 80, 80, 85, 90% of the time, it's destined to be a black and white image. Mm-hmm. And I would just like to be able to play with the color channels and the exposure and the contrast to make it look like the image that I had that was my intent when I was shooting. Although my intent would be seconds <laughs> instead of <laughs> minutes, like it might be for you setting something up, you know, to shoot mm-hmm. on slide film. And, um, and and that just wouldn't have been, po- I mean, even if I think of my negative darkroom, there there are things I can salvage. Uh, not that I'm, I'm making a, myself out to be a really terrible photographer in terms of technical aspect, but it's not really true, but I, I, I think of it as, okay, I shot it in this circumstance. How hard is it going to be for me to get what my intention is based on those factors, lighting mm. and so on, that mm-hmm. I haven't given myself time or that's on the street, you don't have any control. You you are you know, getting yourself lined up in the right position and really in, in street, for the most part, it's about subject, subject, subject. And so the light is going to be what it is. I'm not saying you can't, you know, camp somewhere where the light is kind of perfect for you and to have people walking by, but well, that's kind well, of cliche. But I'm just, okay. just to finish the thought, mm-hmm. I, I want to create something that in Lightroom, in my post-processing in Lightroom, meets my intention. And that all happens, the intentional part of it really happens in post. The, the shooting is the flash of inspiration. And then it's sort of like hope until I get to start mm-hmm. the process. And then it's like execution at the end of it. So it's a di- completely different and it's a digital process. And I love that. And the image doesn't have to look, you know, like, uh, like an analog image. It can mm. be digital. It can have marks of a digital image. What, what, what is that? What's a mark of a digital image? Um, that's a good question. <laughs> it's, a, uh, it's a good, yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm just thinking like grain. Uh, I'm okay with grain that looks the lack more of like. Grain di- or the, well, no, or the, you can. Well, you can do that. That's one thing. That's another thing too. But I, I'm fine with with the grain in an image looking mm-hmm. like like a TV that's tuned between channels, as opposed to a a physical crystallized triax sparkly silver thing. Okay. Um, it, but that's it, only it, for but that's only for you, right? I mean, in the well, sense, that's what I'm saying. You're asking okay, me, yeah, so yeah. I'm telling you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so. okay. Now that you're saying this, <clears throat> what I'm thinking about was when you were here. I mean, we we took a lot of shots that were similar, but there was one that just sort of pops in my mind of these two women. Uh, one was photographing the other on Fifth Avenue with a with a cell phone. Yeah. Um, and. We both walked by. We both took the picture. In fact, I said to you, "Did you get that?" And she said, yeah. "Yes." Yeah. And we presented the pictures from different angles. Uh, I also shot that in black and white. I remember having my camera set to black and white, and I also mm-hmm. had a. Um, I think I also had my wide lens on. Um, it was the sixteen millimeter, and I, I only mentioned that because because um, my um, my field of view is wider, I think, than yours in in that shot. 
-hmm. and we because we were both walking in the same direction these two women were standing on a corner one was posing and, and we'll put these pictures in the show notes so you can see the the the, the two differences uh one was posing and the other was photographing the posing woman with a cell phone and she was sort of crouched down and I presented the picture from the point of view of over the shoulder of the woman who's posing. Right. And you presented the picture of the uh, scene from the woman who was taking the picture. So right. we sort of took it for opposite sides. Now, as far as processing goes, we both did black and white on that picture. I shot JPEGs, and so mine was already black and white. I might have enhanced the contrast a little bit, but I kind of left did pretty much as is you know mm -hmm. and i looked at yours and i could i want to say i could tell that it was processed is not the right word it mm -hmm. it looked you know we, we pretty much have the same camera you mm -hmm. know fuji cameras are you know i would say there, there's a lot of similarities uh yeah we might have been running different film simulations or whatever but you know and your yeah. picture actually i gotta say <laughs> i have to say i i like your picture better than mine um okay, thank you and huh well because you did something in your digital dark room to the image that is actually very uh how do you say this well i mean it was very lovely is is and i don't mean that because of the subject matter is there something that you did to the quality of the picture that enhanced or did something to the the scene yeah that i was like damn that's really nice <laughs> yeah. and um and i like i said i'll put these pictures in the show so you can see the difference and, and why am i, I want to say i want to ask you what you did to it i don't know if it's important i can't you uh, did I, well, something to it i can kind of tell the story of that if you okay want. well go ahead tell a little bit because uh, we're talking about post-processing and i want to talk about like, well as long as you're telling the story about it i want you to maybe spend less time about the technical stuff and, and go into the thought process about what you're thinking about when you're okay. when you're processing and, and why because this is what this show is about it's like the why why did you do okay. this all right um so when we were shooting uh i thought it was important to get the the uh, the model whatever the woman who was posing get her face because she was facing the sun so i was like i because we kept walking as we were going by them right so right i caught i caught and what well, was in front of you probably too right so or where, where was I? I? It doesn't matter. I don't remember. Anyway, so I was shooting, and I got five or six frames right in the time that we w walked past them. Um, and so uh, my initial concern, interest, was to make sure that the woman. I was waiting for her to put her head back enough uh, to put her head back enough so that her face would be lit well enough, because that was the kind of overarching thing. And making sure that the woman who was crouched down uh, to take the picture with her phone was in the frame those are my the only things that really concerned me oh and i guess the way she was posing because she was dynamic she was moving yeah yeah, yeah quite a bit a so maybe you know waited a combination of waiting for her face to be lit well and that she was posing well and uh posing in in, in a kind of a, a, a interesting configuration and that the woman who was taking the picture was in the frame so those were my initial concerns um so when I got them into processing, um, uh, there are a couple of things I do. Um, I take the highlights up a little bit. I take the shadows down a little bit. And then the secret sauce almost always, and it's been with these later versions of Lightroom, is um, 
is dehaze. Mm-hmm. Move the dehaze a little bit, and it just just w- w- if you take your shadows down and your and your highlights up a little bit to make it look like some of my images. I like to make the whites glowing in mm-hmm. the images. They look like a little bit fluorescent. Um, but there wasn't really anything in that subject uh, that would really bring up whites because there wasn't too much white in that image. Um, so a combination of that and a little bit of a uh, little bit of uh, sharpness, and that was it. That's all I did um, on the post side. I did a little really? bit of okay. a little yeah. bit of darkening uh, because the sun was on the side of the building; it was shining on the building, and so I did a little bit of um, um, you know took the brush and darkened down a little bit of the building so that it was an even tone and wasn't taking your eye away from the subject, which was interesting. Did you do anything to the woman's hair, the one who was taking the picture? Really? Okay. Wow. I thought you did. I mean, there's some quality quality to her hair. There's like a highlight or something. There's some body or shape to her hair that I thought, oh, you just did a little magic to it, but that's what was in the shot. And that was within yeah. the shot, but it was, it, there's just some, I don't know. There's some quality. But anyway, what, 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 give me the why now. Um, okay. So the why on that particular image? Or yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? I mean, you're, you're so far, you're all just talking technical, but what was the. Well, the way I, I think of my workflow is what's the biggest problem that I have to resolve with yeah. the issue. And then I'll use the controls to deal with that. Okay. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Okay, stop. Okay, we're done manipulating. We're good. We're gonna we're gonna export this file. Um, the why? Um, there is no. There isn't. There's that. That's, I mean, that's just. Uh, you know, I could just say that's just the way I work. But um, that answer is not going to solve you. Um, I, I I don't know why. I mean, okay, I just, all right. That's well, it's just fair the, if you don't know why. It's just that, it was an instinct for you to process the picture in that way. Yeah. Um, so, and, and what's interesting? I mean, what's interesting to me now that I say that there's the before and the after. What was I worried about when I was shooting, and what was I worried about when I was processing? Because right. you really don't know what you have until you start looking at the raw file. Yeah. Well, okay. Fair enough. So that's it. <laughs> That's an interesting uh, discussion about your picture. I was I was thinking you did a lot more work on it, but it wasn't like that. It was obvious. It was just some some quality to it. But um, one of the things I wanted to get into about this this why post processing, and now I want to jump to um, sort of this you know when I'm teaching classes, is that every a lot of the people who are coming into the photography classes, you know, they're just learning for the first time, or they want to get better. Mm-hmm. They say, and you know, they want to get better at the camera. They want to get better at taking pictures, but 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 barely anybody is is talking about like wanting to finish the pictures in a in a post production thing. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, maybe it's not implied because the class is in, you know introduction to digital photography, but nobody asks. Actually, this is interesting. Nobody says, "Are we going to do Lightroom in this class?" You know, like, are we going <laughs> to uh, are we going to do any post processing? It's like it's not in the vocabulary of a beginner to to think about post-processing the picture and 
And, you know, I would answer them if they did ask. I said, no, we don't have enough time. I will talk about it a little bit, but, you know, right. that's a class unto itself and, and there's a whole concept. But I, but I do end the class-ish by saying to them, look, you know, you, you can be very happy with the picture that comes out of the camera. That, that's, that can be fine and there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with it. I like you to think about the opportunity you might have in in when you post process a picture to continue the um sort of the, the the continuation of your your you know visual voice whatever whatever it is you're trying to say about the picture you can continue that mm. in a post-production environment now i i also say post-production is two things right it one thing it can be about solving problems right mm -hmm. so you underexpose, overexpose, you get the wrong white balance, you know, all the, the technical things you can kind of tweak and deal with, you know, it's maybe not so in focus or you got too much noise. There's, we've got now tools to solve all these issues, the mm -hmm. technical issues, you know, although it's still, you know, if anybody's listening to this, try to get the picture in the camera as best as possible. Yeah. Don't ever think about like, you know, you see people in the t-shirts that say, you know, oh, I'll fix it in post. And that's more of a film production kind of thing or video production kind of thing but it's also but a lazy thing to say too it's yeah. a lazy thing to say right you know get your white balance good as much as you can right at the beginning i always tell i always tell beginning photographers to shoot raw and jpeg because then you got all that information yeah uh usually i say if you shoot raw and jpeg you know you might be playing with jpegs now by you know uploading them but later when you've learned more about post-processing you'll be happy to have had that raw file because you'll be saying, oh, yeah, now I can, you know, look at it in a different way or something like that. But mm -hmm. I, I do try to tell them it's like it's a continuation of the story you're trying to tell, you know. And I and I think what's funny is that it it's just not on people's radar or for not, and I'm making an overgeneralization here. Mm -hmm. But but my my test pool is the students that come in and like I really I have a street photography class. I do a intro to digital photography class, and then I do. <laughs> I got to change the name of this class, but it's a mobile smartphone photography class. And and the digital photography class and the smartphone photography class are similar. Mm -hmm. um, they have a similar trajectory in it, like where I talk about the hardware, and then I talk about the wetware. Like I say, wetware. The you know uh, we talk about the cameras, and then how to you know. Uh, expose and all that kind of stuff and then mm. we talk about composition and like how to make better pictures but in all those three classes and my street photography class too nobody talks about post-processing at all or nobody like very few people say hey we're gonna do lightroom or what do you what do you think about post-processing your pictures it's just so what do you think about that why do you think that's not on the radar of people who are just beginning to get involved in photography because well and uh, let me just keep going a little bit like and of course we came from the film days yeah. or and, and the darkroom days and so darkroom was built in it's like you could not finish a picture mm -hmm. until you actually did post processing now slides you know color slides no uh, color negatives maybe you're in between right because color negatives can be both slides and and black and white you could be mm -hmm. finished with the print or you could go into a darkroom and do color processing but mm -hmm. Uh, so why do you think that is? What do you th why do you think that there are these people who are starting out in photography, but right now they're they're just concerned with like they want to make a good picture, which you know um, may well they may not know what that means. Yeah. 
and they're like how do i use my camera but like we all you know that's always a, a yeah. problem anyway sorry it's a long question no, no it's okay um the i i think the big reason is they just don't know like they assume uh as as we i think we all did when we first got our phones we were taking pictures and we're looking at the quality of them we're going okay this one's good this one's not so good oh this one something something went wrong here something went wrong <laughs> and you yeah. just let it go i think i think new people just don't know about the option of being able to do post processing um you know the big issue is oh it's out of focus or it's too light or it's too dark and oh well and they move on I think it's that simple. I really do. Really? I think, okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought think, there was some sort I, of conspiracy. <laughs> no, I don't think there's a conspiracy. No. Don't ascribe yeah, malice I, to something that could be, uh, what's that expression? Uh, yeah, whatever, uh, about conspiracy I, I just, theories. But it just seems so odd. It, it's, it, I mean, it's, it, hmm. it just seems like an odd thing. That there's yeah. so many people who are not thinking about it. It's not well, on their radar. Well, it's the shallowness of you know of a new pursuit right when you're not you're not really well, thinking much of anything i sure you know. there's that and but and, and you know i think you know here we go i'm gonna, again i'm going to paint with a very broad brush here but i'm suspecting that a lot of people's you know um introduction to photography is social media right and so mm -hmm. they're seeing and i think that that's gonna that taint taints a lot of things first of all yeah. you know they're they're seeing you know one-off pictures from everybody uh everything looks you know spectacular for the most part because mm -hmm. um and nobody's mentioning you know on instagram that they post process the picture so it looks like this or they did this this and this so that it right. looks like this it's just the 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 students of photography are looking at the world through um a very filtered window uh and there's no explanation and so they go from and again this is a very broad brush so excuse me for saying this but they go from looking at you know a picture of whatever uh you know a new york skyline on instagram and saying ah i can do that and they don't see any you know i can buy that canon camera mm -hmm. and i can get that zoom lens and and take a picture and then guess what it's out of focus it's underexposed it's it there's it, the colors are dull you know nothing like what they see on instagram um mm -hmm. because nobody's giving them that second half right of, and also of, the practical consideration too of um oh you have to be in new jersey to take this picture you know, <laughs> yeah, like, right. it's like no, no one oh, yeah, yeah, no yeah. one like this this <laughs> like i want to take this picture well where was this picture taken oh it was across you know it was across the river right. like right. oh and no disrespect uh, in new jersey by the way no 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 i'm just saying you had to be there. somewhere else you have, you to, have be to get there on, across some body of water in order to take this picture because there's water in the picture does yeah. that help well you know you know uh, you were uh and i was a you know black and white photographer too and i liked you know that's how i started and i liked the dark room i i mm. never had a problem with it i i, I in fact Actually, I really like the dark room. I mean, I would spend long hours when I was first learning photography at my my dad's friend's studio, and mm -hmm. I would stay there longer. They would leave me the would they leave me the keys? No, they would just like say they would. Uh, I didn't have to lock up. I just had to close leave and close the door. But they would let me stay there for a very long period of time. And so, mm -hmm. you know, in a sense, I geeked out on it. Now, eventually, when I moved to slides shooting slides there's no need to do dark room work you know it's pretty much done i wasn't and it was just the circumstance it wasn't mm -hmm. like i 
you know, I'm going to shoot stock. I got to shoot slide film, but I, I, I still always like a dark room. In fact, I did build a dark room in my apartment, which didn't work out so well because dark rooms and cats don't work. No, <laughs> not really. You know, it's, I mean, I tried to keep the cats out, but inevitably cat dust gets every, gets everywhere. But anyway, I did, you know, keep that up and you know, there's, and we have all these tools today, you know, we've got computers, we've got Lightroom on your iPad and your iPhone and Snapseed and there's all this crap available to us mm -hmm. now for post-processing, maybe not as much as there are cameras and, and you know, glitzy, mm -hmm. shiny things for us to hold in our hands, but it's almost like it's the non-glorious part of it, you know, like, you know, and, and I've gotten that. to this point too, you know, like I, I went to Fuji because, you know, I've done, I've done my time in front of Photoshop and Lightroom. Um, it doesn't mean I don't use the light, you know, I don't use Lightroom and, and actually if Adobe's listening, can you guys combine Lightrooms already for Pete's sake? Why do we have two yeah. versions of Lightroom? It, it, it actually makes it really hard for me to describe to a student when I want them to use Lightroom, which version they should use. And because I want them to use both versions um and it's anyway sorry but uh the one i use on my phone which is the one that synchronizes to the ipad and then you know through uh creative cloud uh is you know is to me mainly for processing mm -hmm. um but it's like i i did my time sitting in front of a computer learning photoshop and and lightroom and like i just don't really i'm not interested in doing that anymore and that's why i like doing it on my phone because it's 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 cat it's more casual you know mm -hmm. Uh, and it doesn't mean that I wouldn't do the processing and I have nothing against anybody who wants to sit in front of the computer and, and, and process like the way you describe stuff. It makes me actually want to go back and do some, some stuff with my pictures just to explore that again and see what it's like. But I'm, you know what I mean? It's yeah, but it's like that back end of stuff. It's like the stuff behind the curtain that nobody wants to, to look at. I don't well, know if that's the case or, or if it's a combination of both, but, um, you know, I, like I don't get the enthusiasm from people, from students, when I say, "Hey, you know, you can post-process and you can make your pictures look like the way you want them to." And yeah, but I mean, you you look at these these later uh, iPhones or f smartphones that have night vision and they have a portrait mode and they do a lot of all of that AI stuff to make it look like a professional image. Uh, well, yeah, they're doing the all the processing for they're you. Doing all the processing for you and computational depth of field and all of that, which is, I think is pretty darn cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you look at actually in my, in my, uh, mobile photography class, I show one of the slides that Apple used for their quote unquote photonic engine, whatever the hell that means, <laughs> yeah. some sort of phrase, but it shows all the different steps and frames that the picture goes through before it, you take mm -hmm. the picture and then it comes on the screen and it happens very fast. And I realized all those steps are, are according to some engineers deciding how yeah. they want the picture to look and and most yeah. people sort of agree with that right because that's yeah. why they'll buy an iphone or they'll look at the picture and say hey it looks great you know um so yeah the you know on a, on a phone and even well i guess we could argue even with the uh, film simulations on any camera um mm -hmm. but on fuji cameras like you know they want to sort of uh, fuji makes a film simulation on their camera that's velvia it's it's and again it's a, an engineer's version yeah. of what they think Velvia looks like. Right. It may not be the Velvia that I remember in terms of film, but 
Um, and then they're saying, okay, well, you know, now you don't have to post process. You, you've got your film colors the way you yeah. want it and then yeah. you're, you're done. Uh, yeah. And so, so why should we post process? <laughs> well, I, I, it's just an, it's an education thing. Yeah. You know, maybe we gotta, um, you know, beat the doors down and say, look, you know, let me show you Snapseed. I'll take, I'll take this lame picture of this telephone pole that you took in the park and we'll jack it up and we'll make it amazing. And, uh, and you go from there and show them how to do it. Like, you know, it's education and, you know, combination of ignorance and education, I guess I can't, you know, that's that, that, that seems to be from where I sit anyway, that seems to be the issue. People, they, they just don't know. They, they aren't educated in it at all. You know, do we want to get... advocate post-processing. I mean, you know, am I, am I barking up the wrong tree when I'm telling a student they can continue their voice? Because I, like, I think. Yeah. Well, in creative, if, if the point of you to shoot is as a creative pursuit, it, it's not, you know, I'm going to my pottery, uh, example again, you don't just throw the pot on it and make it sort of look like a jug and then stop it. You got to put the glaze on and put it in the kiln and then you'll have a finished product. You won't have the finished product until you mm -hmm. do these extra, not extra steps, these steps that are actually, I think, essential to creating an image that meets your intention. Um, so anyway, yeah. that's where I, I'm you at. know, I, I show them pictures, examples from other photographers and, you know, maybe some street photographers who, uh, you know, we'll do those images of the shafts of light in, in an urban environment. I try to show a lot of urban pictures so that mm -hmm. people can go out and get um, inspired by what they see immediately mm -hmm. um, because we live in New York and Brooklyn and whatever. And I'll show those, you know, uh, underexposed or heavily blocked up shadow images with a shaft of light. And, you know, I don't explain to them how that image is made. I'm just showing them a photographer's work, whether it's black and white in their color, because you see that mm -hmm. that kind of work in black and white or color as well. Mm -hmm. um, and it never, it just never occurs to me to wonder if like, I wonder if they're thinking, how do you do that? Like, like that picture. Okay, so a street scene, shaft of light, mm -hmm. dark shadows with a digital camera that is automatically, for, for the most part, most likely post processed in some way. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to get that kind of picture, you got to darken the shadows somewhere along the line. You can do it in camera, but if you're underexposed in the camera, then your shaft of light also might end up being underexposed. Gray. But it's yeah. just the natural way of a sensor. You're going to get some detail in those shadows because these sensors now have gotten so much better at, mm -hmm. at recording those uh, details in the shadows. So, you know, if you're like, uh, you know, uh, if you want that black stuff to show up in your picture, you got to bring it into a program. You got to darken the shadows and lighten the highlights simultaneously. Mm -hmm. You have to do something mm -hmm. to it. I just wonder if they don't know what that is. Like they see these I'm pictures. I'm sure they don't. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and again, that is like, uh, I, you know, I, I just wish that they, they would come in. I wish there was some way that they already had that curiosity or more people had that curiosity about the, the whole process that, that yeah. the, and maybe that's fine. Maybe like, you know, they don't need to have that. And again, if you're shooting with an iPhone an iPhone, well, actually iPhones, 
this is probably the difference between iPhones and, but but iPhones you can't get that kind of shot. You've got to post process it because the mm -hmm. bloody iPhone is doing its smart HDR or whatever the hell it's doing, and it's going to give you detail in the shadows. Give you a full toned image, yeah. And it's like, gee, would you just let me do what I want to do? Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I, I guess what's part of this is bothering me. And here's a soapboxy part of it. It's like the students, the people who are getting involved in this, they just don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's mm -hmm. sad that they don't know. There's like no way that they're going to know. And they're missing out. Like what a right. great opportunity for people to go out and learn about, oh, right. I can do film simulations or Lightroom presets or mm -hmm whatever and 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 finalize like that oh sorry that and uh, so this is off subject a little bit but like you know they buy a camera with a kit lens right mm -hmm. and that's it and you know i have to battle that argument a little bit about like yes you can be a good photographer with one camera and one lens and it, yes it could be a kit lens yeah but you're missing out like you're missing out so much if you don't investigate this world of lenses lenses yeah you know and so i think that you're missing out this world if you don't sometimes think about post-processing your picture yeah um or pictures uh you're it's it's an opportunity to to continue your voice whatever it may be it may be able to find something that that resonates with you yeah um you don't know that uh, until mm -hmm. you actually investigate it and why don't people you know why don't they you know what you, you just reminded me of a blog article i put in i don't know eight years ago i think it's in my rosin.ca site um i combined it's funny you're bringing these two subjects up um he was asking about my photography uh this co-worker of mine and oh i told him i took this picture uh, and i did this and this and this and he says no he was disappointed like you mean you did this was not a straight picture mm -hmm. like the best pictures for him the best picture was the one that you snapped and it was perfect and you didn't have to do anything a complete misunderstanding what the creative uh, wow. uh the creative mm -hmm. aspects of photography of and i mean i think he felt he lost uh i lost respect from him because of i don't really care but you know there was a feeling <laughs> like wow this guy doesn't have really too much of a clue about what what it is and then i use that as a i use that in my little article or my little blog post i said about you know kind of jumping off that and using that as a determination as what gear you need next you know the necessity mm -hmm. necessity drives really what it is that you should buy next but i was just like um yeah he just he, he was resistant like well then that's not that's manipulation that's not true right and that goes to the age-old argument about the truth of, of photography which is a whole philosophical landmine or right um, minefield that's for landmine a, it's not just one a, landmine it's a whole minefield <laughs> there's our panel show actually yeah for, for that uh i i've run across that exact same thing especially and we've said this a zillion times but you know i photograph when i photograph sunrises i like to punch up the color or uh Actually, there was just an interview that Barry and X did with this photographer who knows Brian Manier. Well, I can't yeah. remember the guy's name. Um, gosh darn it. I, let me see if I can find it. He cited uh, Brian as uh, uh, cited as Brian, a, but, an inspiration. But what he said was, what he said that was um, very interesting was that he shared this common thing with Brian about not liking greens. Um, 
in the picture. And I remember Brian saying that, that he, he uh, does not like green in his pictures. When you start looking at the work that he makes and he, and he processes his picture, you see that, oh, right, there's, um, there's no green, green in the picture. I'm going to find the episode. It's with a guy named um, Mike. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher his last name. Uh, uh, Pogli, uh, P-O-G-G-I-O-L-I. I'll let, you, I'll let you have that one. I know. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. I don't want to butcher his name. I'd rather just spell it. Sorry. Uh, but he also mentions that he doesn't like green in the pictures. And he does these landscape pictures. And landscapes. Yeah. <laughs> landscapes are green. Like, when you look at the world, it's bloody green. But you look at his pictures. And, like, I actually, you know, with Brian's work, I was not aware until until he mentioned that that greens did not play a role in his pictures so much and then i was like oh going back you know looking at that and i really dig his work like i mm -hmm. love some of his, his you know his landscapes and i was like there's something about it that i can't quite get and until someone told me or he told told us yeah you know i didn't know that that green was something that he tried to avoid in his pictures and this photographer also uh, uh said that and you know that's obviously a processing thing it's not you really can't turn your camera off to green mm -hmm. you just have to you have to do some processing on, on the end with it and, and i forgot where i was going with this um but oh in, in the sense that i've also come across people who've looked at like you know whatever pictures i've taken whether it's a sunrise or the um uh, the headscarf of a woman in the neighborhood and where I, mm -hmm. I punched up the blue or something like that and 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 for some reason they're the person is bent on saying well that's not reality i'm like well i know it's not reality it's my reality or it's how i like to see reality or it's how i you know part of part of photography is like seeing how the world you know winogrand said is how do we see the world photographed right yeah i want to see the world in the way my fuji camera sees or in the way my iphone sees it it it, mm -hmm. it it's interesting if we were to see photography without post-processing, without any kind of interpretation, I can imagine everything would look like a raw file and, and completely flat. And that's not even reality because reality <laughs> is not flat, you know? Yeah. And so you know, when you hear like what your person said to you, it's like, well, what the heck do you mean by real? What do you want to look at? A flat picture? Fine, go ahead. But that's not the way the rest of the world wants to Well, I think he, he meant that you have to wait for those pristine moments where there's nothing where there's nothing else to do. You can be sorely disappointed shot. because exactly. you know, once like in a lifetime. Yeah. And, and, I, if, and I referenced if it ever in happens. that, and in, in that blog post, I also uh, mentioned that back in the old days when I used to get modern photography and popular photography magazine, popular photography magazine, I think it was popular. They had a straight shot, believe it or not. They had a two page spread mm -hmm. of a picture that was a straight shot, like a, a slide film that was slide film picture of some situation that was a straight shot. And there was two pages in the whole magazine dedicated to a one-off. But even know? that, sorry. Yes. And even that, even that is BS because what did the photographer shoot with? Did they shoot with Ektachrome, Kodachrome, Fuji, Agfa? Yeah. How was the, how was the, how was the magazine printed? Right. What's the bias of the printer? Well, it, the, the whole thing is just totally off the, you know, off the charts. <laughs> but the point is that there was no, there was no 
quote unquote manipulation and they got well, the picture yeah. and you look at the slide and oh my god it's beautiful yeah well that, that, that might was, have happened that basically with, yeah i mean a you know four by five slide or, or a transparency film or eight by ten transparency film sure um perhaps but anyway it, it, it's one of those things that's a little dumbfounding to me and and uh and i don't know where people get those ideas from in general like in, when you see someone says that and manipulation also i with one of my students in the class i had to actually talk to them about the differences between manipulation and post-production like you know manipulation to me mm -hmm. is like you know doing photo composites taking things out of the picture yeah uh whatever you know post-processing in terms of changing color is not in you know they're they're, they're subsets of each other in some way but it's not the not necessarily the same thing you know mm -hmm. i don't uh whatever but you know you can make an argument that one's just more extreme version of well another. you're getting into a conceptualism right which is a yes yeah that yes. you know and conceptualism has its own uh well not rules but i guess you could say guidelines that you'd say yeah. okay we're departing away from what you and I might call straight photography, which is not, that's as BS a subject as, as yeah. the straight yeah. shot, yeah. but something that looks like, you know, something you would normally see versus something that has, you know, uh, composite images of the woman who has nine of the kids that are, they're all identical, you know, right. Like, right. You know, it's, <laughs> it's a statement. It becomes a statement, a, a more like an installation or a work of art. That's mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. that, um, incites in a different way. Yeah. Anyway, this sort of, I do. Yeah. Well, this also, then we can start referring back to the why, why color and why black and white, even those at that point, when you, when you're choosing, how are you going to present your image? You're, you know, black and white, or color is going to be a manipulation in some way mm -hmm. uh, of the subject that you're shooting. And black and white is maybe the more obvious thing because the world isn't black and white. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, even, even doing color, why color, you're going to end up with some kind of effect, you know, whatever yeah. camera you choose, whatever computer screen you're looking at the picture when you're working on it. It's like all that stuff is going to affect the image. And uh, anyway, I, I, I think we're going to need to wrap up, but I want to, I want to sort of say if there are people who are listening to the show who are in that department of like not wanting to post-process, I think it's, it's, it's a missed opportunity. Uh, it's mm -hmm. something that you should consider doing and whether it's sitting in front of Photoshop, if you don't like that or, or, or loading up Snapseed, which everybody should download, by the way, it's one of the, <laughs> yeah, one of the best programs on a, on a mobile device. I hope they never get rid of that thing. I was wondering, like, what will I do with my my black and white tree photography if they get rid of that thing? But, but Lightroom, uh, I think is great. Um, and this, I'm not gonna go through all the apps that you can do that with, but but trying, sitting down with your picture, um, not adding. I'm not talking about filters, you know, with rainbows and you know, tin type effects and stuff like that. I, I really mean like sitting down with your picture and saying, what does the color or the black and white say to you? And, you know, what do you want to say with it? Uh, I think um, if you know people who are into photography for the first time, like let them know that this is a continuation of, of mm -hmm. the, uh, the whole artistic process of photography. And we have this now more easily than we did when we were, you and me, Ward were in dark rooms. It's much mm -hmm. easier to, much more accessible, I should say. Yeah. 
uh, yeah. less less dangerous in chemicals <laughs> in general. Um, anyway, do you want to end with anything? No, just that, that, well, no, just about following through with your, uh, give yourself, uh, uh, as, as a photographer, give yourself an overarching philosophy of beginning, middle and end, you know, um, get inspired, shoot your image, do the best you can when you're shooting, um, bring it into whatever your editing tool is, have an intention and work towards that intention and, Trying to get the images to look like what you intended when you shot it will drive whatever tool or whatever mechanism you're using to create uh, your finished product. And I think you go from there and we could name names as to what apps we use and we have already. Uh, but I think it's important and like you said, a lost opportunity if you don't. And if you have that iPhone and you're you're interested, Snapseed is the, like I agree with Antonio 100%. Um, it's uh, it's one of the best photo editing uh, bits of software we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. It's also because you do so much by touching. There's all these little touch points that you do, mm -hmm. so it really feels like like you're actually doing something with your hands, which yeah. I like. So yeah. anyway, great. Okay, fantastic. We, <laughs> we answered the question. No, maybe. <laughs> okay. Good. Why? 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 Yes. Why? And we'll do more intention. of these. Like, we'll attach with, uh, the intention. I'm really yeah. big on that. Yeah. I like. I like doing these. But anyway, uh, that's it. Let's let's wrap up. Where can people find you in the world? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Vero as uh, W. Uh, sorry, Ward Rosin Photo. W Rosin Photo. I think. D w Rosin. It's been Photo. a long week. It's been a long week. Uh, w Rosin Photo. You can find me on Facebook at Ward Rosin Photography. And I'm also on Instagram as Ward Rosin Fine Art. Wonderful. And, and also, we have my little company, which is called Ornus Photo, where I sell um, lens adapters and seven artisans lenses. And uh, having a little fun with that, just making me a little money. So, and it Ornus is our unofficial sponsor. Unofficial sponsor. Yeah. Unofficial sponsor. <laughs> and that's at Ornus, O R N I S dot photo. Thank you for that. And How about me, you, Antonio? Yeah, Where can we find you? On on Vero and uh, Flickr and Twitter at AM Rosario. So any place on AM Rosario. My website is amrosario.com. What is it? Facebook is Rosario Photography. And I think that's it. And uh, yeah, no more Instagram. You can see me on Instagram, but don't don't follow me. It's still hacked. I, that, that Instagram's gone for me, so I'm it's dead anyway. to me. It's, it's dead. dead. You're you got to do the accent. You're, You're dead. dead. You're dead to me. <laughs> All right. That's great. Well, um, thanks for joining me tonight. And thanks for everybody no listening problem, to this. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and uh, we'll see you uh, what, in a couple of weeks, I hope. A couple right? of weeks. Absolutely. If I don't see you first in the funny papers. Or in the, the funny papers. Room. <laughs> in the funny papers. In the funny papers. <laughs> All right, Ward. Have a good night. All right. You too. Ciao, everybody. Bye-bye. This is the stuff I'm going to put on the show because uh, you know, we're doing. <laughs> we could do outtakes. We'll be like uh, Smokey in the Band. You know, yeah. Oh yeah. Who's going to be okay. Dom DeLuise? <laughs> I'm going to be Dom DeLuise. Captain <laughs> America. I should. Have, I should have a cape <laughs> with, the, with the mask on. <laughs> oh, I love Dom DeLuise. My God, I miss him. He was so funny. Yeah. Those outtakes were. Those. Those are the best.
Oh, it's Cannonball Run, not... Uh, um, Even still, it doesn't yeah. matter. Those were... He, I remember those outtakes. Those were funny. Because he just... He, he, he couldn't keep a straight face. And I think, yeah. I think Burt Reynolds started slapping him in the face. Yeah. Or something. <laughs> and it just made it worse, right? Because he's like, don't... He's like, slapping. Stop, stop oh, it, stop my God. That's it. so funny. Yeah. Yeah. This is the outtakes. Uh, These are going in the show. Sorry. All right. <laughs>